disconnected, that's cool. Computer here. Oh, I can hear you loud and clear, boss man. Oh, we got a little laggy lags. You what? Just a little lag there for a second. I think it's because I went out of the. Uh... What's going on, everybody? Hey, there we go. We're cool. You may have to give me a second here. Do, are we charging? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, just uh, you know busy morning being a dad. <laughs> yeah, new dad life, dude. Dad life. Dad life will get get to your stuff, get your things, you know. Man, um, your baby was so fast asleep. Oh, for sure. Like, wow. Oh, for sure. Yeah, sleep like point. that. Yeah. Right? That's the kind of sleep that we all need, man. New headphones, new... No. Anyway. All right, so let's get this going. We're all over the map. We're not charged. We're... My goodness, I am... Not prepared today. It happens. New dad life. For sure. You're not even probably sleeping the same. Yeah, it's definitely weird to like wake up every three hours. Yeah. Or like every two hours, three times. Like yeah. Wake up and be in a fog and not really know where you're at. You know. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, let's win a ball game. Podcast number, I don't know. What's enough. up, Camacho? Num- number enough. Uh, I'm John Sintes. This is Alex Rojas. For you audio people, uh, we normally get this thing going right after that. Uh, appreciate you guys jumping in and checking us out live. We will replay this on YouTube, and you can see it, the audio, or listen to the audio version on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So, Alex, thank you so much, my guy. Appreciate you. Uh, you know, taking some time out of your day, jumping in here, doing your thing. Um, you know, what's new? Nothing, man. Um, growing the program at TPC. A lot of rain today, so there's not going to be any baseball had outside here today. So if you need a place to hit or work on some throwing, TPC, we're here in Livermore. Um, outside of a shameless plug, um, just, dude, I did some light research on who's leading the NCAA to start my day. Just kind of looking at some things in some certain categories. Yeah. Out of nowhere, UNLV is hitting, in the Mountain West, UNLV is hitting like 434 or something like that, leading Division One just as a team, absolutely raking. But then Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech are right underneath that. Going back to what you and I always talk about, watching wheels. I've watched yeah. Georgia Tech swing it, and they've silently, I think, have two or three guys that have 12-plus dingers. That's, that's pretty good for a, uh, a team that 
maybe you don't hear about every, but Georgia Tech's always had good baseball. Like tons of, of big leaguers have played at Georgia Tech and they develop guys. You know what's interesting? I always, you know, you've said two different locations and every time my brain goes, what part of the country is that and does the ball fly? And both of those places are ball flies. Again, yeah. And Georgia Tech is downtown, but it's up. There's elevation and mm-hmm. it's kind of a smaller park. Like a typical college park, not like a college park trying to be a pro park. And, uh, yes, it's interesting. You know, and then UNLV is in Vegas, so, you know, win aided, whatever you want to say right there. But you still got to hit the ball. So, you know, but just, just the pitcher in me immediately goes, where are we geographically in the world? And, like, does the ball, you know, and then what's the humidity situation and does the ball go, you know? Right, right. Dry place, UNLV, don't get a lot of rain. You know what I mean? But you're up there. It's a desert. It's a sandbox. 100%. Winds howling. How are you, man? How's uh, how's things down there? Good, man. Good. Just Thursday. Got a little short day here at the shop. Going to head over to, speaking of, I'm going to find out that there's double practice or solo practice. I think I can only make the second one actually today, too. So, um, message to about that. So, yeah, uh, you know, things have been going well here in season training. Um, you know, for a lot of you guys that don't necessarily know how to train year round, like training year round is not bad. You should be training year round. You just need to change your focus on what the ideas are as they go through the, you know, through the season. So, you know, I, I see a lot of kids get yipped up and get real nervous during the season as it goes because all the hard work that we did wasn't necessarily in the competitive space against hitters. So, you know, as, as a, a pitcher, it's very important that you take time away from the game to focus your brain and execute ideas, but still in the competitive space of, like, what the game is. You know, yesterday we had a kid, for example, it was just like, ball, leg, lift, throw, ball, leg, lift, throw, ball, leg, lift, throw. I'm like, you got to treat it the same. you got to, like, fake get your sign, come set, control your breath, right, and, and try to repeat these steps over and over and over. And uh, once you can get to that autopilot side, then then you can do it more of the big leagues. But that's, that's it's a common misconception that you know that the delivery is repeatable, but the thought process is repeatable. So you know it, it's you have to be able to create this almost mantra on the mound where you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm looking for, now this is what I'm trying to feel, and then now I execute. You know, repetitiveness. Right. Rinse, wash, and repeat. Right. right, right, right. Yeah, so uh, college baseball, let's see. I haven't even checked any today. I didn't even get a chance to get on the computer. So I, I know where we're at. So you update me on where we're at. How about that? So, so to start things, a couple of teams that I got my eyes on. Miami's back. They're real Cuban. They're real left-handed, and they hit the ball very hard. Mm-hmm. Back when they had a Nike contract and Yonder Alonso was playing there. Dude, uh, for those of you who don't know, when the Beezer era existed, which at this point I'm seeing some guys hit home runs with BB core bats, I'm just like, all right, now we're, we're back. We're back to where we just we left 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Like I saw a guy at Texas a and big old donkey. I think he's like number 25. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But – he hit a ball out at Texas A&M. Now, I've never been to Texas A&M, but I know how tall a batter's eye is. And then they have what looks like a scoreboard that's above the batter's eye, and I believe he hit it over both of those things, right? Granted, he's still a donkey, but 
I mean, guys looked like they were doing the same thing with the orange and blue stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like back in those Beezer days. So that's just one thing that I would love to talk about. I had a conversation with a parent, another wood bat, metal bat conversation. And um, another thing that I want to talk about is to a pitcher. I'm going to talk about this as a hitter first and as a catcher, right? As a catcher first, there's nothing more like I've been in a couple car accidents where your gut, like, kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, when you get in that bad spot, when you know something bad's going to happen, your gut gets like that, those knots, right? Like the legitimate knots. Sometimes you get those when a guy hangs a breaking ball and, and you know this guy's about to hit it a mile. Yeah. I've seen a lot of hanging breaking balls get hit out to the pull side. And quite often when I drill curveballs in our facility and I have hanging curveballs, I don't see guys try to sell out the same way as I would see a guy in college sell out. Now, I'm not saying trying to hit a home run, but I'm trying I'm what I'm trying to say is getting the head out on these hanging breaking balls instead of like really trying to see it deep and still trying to go the other way like I've seen a lot of aggression in these hanging breaking balls that I don't tend to see at a younger age. And I think a part of that is like, I haven't done the math enough to figure out, Oh, that ball sucks. No, I can really hit that hard. Right. Like the math on that is not going to beat me. The math on that is like, I just got to put a good swing on it. Um, So from your perspective, right. You've thrown plenty of hanging breaking balls and good breaking balls. Right. So when you throw a hanger and you get away with it, Right. Why do you think that is? You know, good question. Uh, I would say probably the fact that, you know, so many people teach them to not swing at spin and the rep count from spin to fastballs, you know, a million to one. Mm. So I think it's just, you know, not being familiar with the idea and the shape, you know, so yeah. like, like what it's going to do. And like they can't recognize like a small arc as opposed to a big arc, you know. Right. Or, or when does the arc start? You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. what we always talk about in speed ranges and three-dimensional pitching. The reason why every kid needs a cutter, curveball, and slider is because of the ability to change speeds with movement when it happens. Right? Curveball would be the earliest moving breaking ball, then slider, then cutter. So that speed ladder, or what you have inside of spin, also affects when it moves and what the batter sees. So There's also a breaking theory, aspect to that, like how those pitches move off each other. Right. And so, like, each, you know, I would say, you know, nine times out of ten, ten you know, nine out of ten times people are taught not to swing at spin first pitch. And so if you can literally flip your order and be, like, slider, fastball, like, you're just a better pitcher. Just like, instead of going fastball, slider. That's what most guys do. Most guys throw a slider second pitch or a breaking ball second pitch. And you can watch mm-hmm. it in all these college games. They get ahead of the fastball, they throw a slider or a breaking ball, whatever you want to call it. So if you just change that order and stay away from those patterns, then it's just a lot harder for guys to get on it. That's really true because that's the idea of pitching to fool the hitter based on that uh, oh, just blanking off it up, perceived velocity. But it's more of perceived spin. Like you're establishing a zone, and then I'm if you can execute right, and you're really good at repeating that spin on that cutter slider curveball should relatively look the same until a certain point, and then it just does a different thing. So from that point, I feel like a big thing is, like, 
I do see a lot of guys when we are talking about watching wheels, I do see a lot of guys that, and this is what I feel like. Again, guys have to be explosive in order to throw hard, and I understand that. But sometimes I feel like when we have these explosive-natured curveballs that you're just you're assuming they're going to explode out of the zone because you're just trying to hammer it instead of knowing, like, hey, like, you're, like what you're talking about, like, I'm in Tennessee right now, and it's May 2nd, and it's hot as shit and muggy, right? We're in the mountains. Right? Like, there, there's different types of factors there, right? So it's like understanding, like, this thing may not hammer today, so I may have to actually spin the shit out of it, not throw the hell out of it. Um, I feel like it's a lost thing. Like, I was watching a kid yesterday. He goes to Cal, Cal High next to uh, – it's in San Ramon. Their freshman team is undefeated. I think they're like 17-0 and 0 right now in a pretty good conference. Pretty good. And he was just throwing a curveball-cutter combo. And one of the things that I was noticing off the bat was just the difference in how he was throwing those pitches, right? Like, he was definitely throwing his cutter like a fastball, but he was throwing his curveball like a curveball. He was trying to bang it. He was trying to make this thing move. Instead of just like – like what you taught me when we talked on the phone like two years ago, hey, just sit down and just do this. And just feel that spin come off your fingertips. Then you're really going to know how your pitch works because it, it goes all the way down to that because that's what's holding the ball, right, where these really like simple ideas. So to all you hitters out there, if you, if you recognize, and this goes to, like, how do you hit on deck, right? Like, what are you looking at on deck? Are you looking at the release point? Are you just timing this guy's physical movement up and not even looking at where he throws the ball? Hey, does he have a certain, a certain grip? Like, is he a, a small-handed guy, but he's got a splitter, so he's got to jam his fucking hand in there to start the at-bat, right? Like, Rollis Chapman the other day, they totally showed him going to a splitter grip. His hands are so massive. He didn't even, like, really work hard. He just kind of made, like, a peace symbol and just slid his hand out. It was so smooth. But mm-hmm. that guy's a big-handed guy. So the ball's like a golf ball in his hands. Yeah. He can manipulate it and do all these things. However, if you're a 14-year-old kid, right, which you probably are if you're watching this, or if you're a college kid, most of you guys are freaky-handed, right? Those are the guys that, if they are – you already know what I'm talking about. They, they probably start with just a fastball grip, and they can just spin the hell out of it because they got those big, fat, long John Sinta's fingers, right? <laughs> so if you think about what John talked about while it's hailing outside, God bless. I mean, those are solid. Those are real solid. Um, he talked about a cutter, so a cutter may move more laterally, let's just say for sake of argument, and then a slider is a little bit more of the Z plane, and that curveball is more of that Y, less of the Z. You just know how to work those, and I'm not saying that's, that's how it works. I'm just using it as the sake of argument. So you got something that goes this way, something that goes that way, and something that goes down. And then you have a fastball that goes straight off that. If you can start to recognize that on deck – as a hitter, like, oh, this guy throws this pitch, that pitch, and that pitch. You don't even have to know how he uses them, but you got to know how the math and how, like he talked about, the three dimensions of those work. Because that's, that's an art of the game that I don't think people talk about, that that's what it's 
let's say something real philosophical. This is like a Renaissance conversation, right? People were talking about cubism and fucking surrealism and hey, Andy Warhol and Picasso, right? And it's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's a different thing now. It's a different thing now. It's not about maybe the texture of the paint or the lighting. Now it's more about like, what are we painting? Can we talk about what we're actually painting? Like, well, what's happening is he's like a curveball, right? He's creating this three-dimensional shape that you can't tell when it's going to start to change its shape. That's mm -hmm. the goal, is for you to have no idea on when the shape's going to change. I was talking to a parent about that last night with fastballs and guys that throw harder. And my immediate answer was, like, how much are you doing on deck? Like, if you're just, like, assuming, oh, I have to swing faster because this guy's throw faster, that's a thing. But also, you could just start sooner. Right. And his dad was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. Very simple. Yeah, there's just so many different ways to make adjustments on the process, right? So, you know, it, it's one of my favorite things to show. I don't, I don't even think kids understand. Like, if I know what you were taught, how you're trying to swing the bat, I literally don't need any more information. I can just throw the pitch that you cannot. Yes. Yes. Because you can't tell what it's doing. You don't know where it is. You don't know where it's going to end up. It's one of the things that I like to watch for. I notice that a lot of big league guys that face the wrong direction to do their, their practice swings because it like, exposes the direction that they're trying to do. So, like, mm -hmm. That's interesting. They go put their back to the pitcher and do like, you know, do their swing. It's like, uh-huh. Yeah. Trying to hide some shit there, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, even pro guys, I think there's, there's a lot of pro guys that don't, that don't necessarily, you know, see the, see the game for what it is either. And, and the process that they have they go through turns into a problem, you know. I agree. I like what you said, like, and you talk about it all the time. It's like, I don't have to throw you a fastball. I just found out that you don't know what this thing is that I just threw to you. I'm just going to keep doing it. It's very valuable information. Like, I love when the kids give me, like, this look of just like, oh, fuck, coach. Because I'm going to just say, hey, we're just facing curveballs tonight. Like on the pitching machine, they're just like, ah. But it's like your homework is being done. Like now you don't have to go out and play travel ball and have to sit through four hours of traffic to play two games, right? You're seeing 37 curveballs in a night, and you're going to do that how many times in a year, right, as opposed to just seeing it in games. Like you got to get exposed to stuff that's going to break you. Like it's going to break your swing. You're just like, oh, man. <laughs> I had a rough day. It's like that's all right. I can fix yeah. it. I always say it. I always say it this way too. Is another way to say it. I just feel like a lot of people play the game on easy. Like when you were going to start yeah. the game, you'd be like, "I'm going to play on easy." I was always yeah. the guy who's like, "Let's see what hard's like. Let's start yeah. here." Because if hard yeah. is easy and I can figure it out, it's going to be way more fun, right? Way more I mean, fun. I, you know, just because there's more. So you know, I you know I see that all the time, and that's what's kind of fun. Like uh, sometimes I'll watch some of the uh, Twitch guys streaming the show, and you figure out who the you can do a quick Google who's the number one show, you know, player or whatever, Twitch streamer, right? And you can literally go watch them talk about their process and do whatever. And I've actually messaged some of them, and I'm like, so when you're sequencing your stuff, are you how are you doing? Because it's still human versus human, though, and the elements of the game still play. So I'm I'm a big fan of you know video games that emulate the the, the sport of baseball that to the, even a, some of those simple tap games like it's still timing and visualization and trying to figure out you know 
how long does it take him to swing the bat for how long the ball's coming in and how do you meet it? Is tap baseball um, still a thing? I think it is. I just got an ad for it the other day. Yeah. Let's talk about – did anybody give you a sequence you want to talk about? You know, I, I threw a couple of my ideas out there, and, you know, there's – and t- I think it's all going to change when we get the, the actual strike zone for this. You know, because the um, – it's just I, – I find it really interesting that, you know, you can – you really can throw whatever you want as long as you can execute that little thing. Right, some uh, thing that has to do, and you can, you know, you can put it in there. So, you know, there's pitches like up changeups that are gonna like drop in on the top of the zone. Curveballs that are massively high are gonna drop in the top of the zone. You know, it's really impossible to get a ball to go up. So I think the bottom of the zone is gonna disappear mm-hmm. um, unless you absolutely paint it at the knees. But everybody bitches about the knees anyway. I mean, I saw Ozzy Albies being a cornerback his pants above his knee on purpose just because he probably knew he could trick the umpire. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just like there's little things like that that you can see that happen. So, you know, there's a lot of these pitches where catchers are diving across wherever the yeah. strikes and it looks bad and people get upset that it looks bad, but like, that's just the game. The game is a consistent yeah. box. You know? Yeah. If you have to adjust it per height, like, I'm sorry, Aaron Judge, you have a bigger box. Jose Altuve. It's just a part of the game. It's just a part of the game, man. I mean, good good job to hell too, babe, for like actually hitting pitches above his letters out of the yard. He does it all yeah. the time. All the time. It's actually probably one of his best qualities. Yeah. He's actually better at it than Mike Trout. Yeah. Um so do you remember the early driveline live at bats where they had that little like it was almost like a catcher metal box thing with like a, 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 yeah, it's a uh, nine pocket. Yeah, we have one. So that, right? I always thought I was like, now for argument, if that was the strike zone and you just threw it and wherever it hit, obviously it would be a shit show. Like, go get the fucking ball, and just hit the fucking side corner, right? But just the idea of just like, no, 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 like it, it clipped the side, you're you're gone. Like, right. it was very simple because you would have guys take, but it just hit the side of the bar, right? So, yeah, it wasn't a clear, flush shot, but that's the idea. Like, that's still a strike. The rules are. It's a little big. It's a little tall. Right. Uh, for what the real zone is. Matter of fact, we cut it down, like, the top row doesn't even. Like, if I hit the blue, and when, when I throw to it, when I do live at bats, if I hit the blue bar on the top, we don't count it. But if I hit the huh. Why is that? How it's tall is it? High. It's too high. Oh, okay. It's not real. It's, it's, but the idea, know, you get what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Like, just great. the idea. Yeah, sure. Just the well, idea. I mean, that's what wiffle ball and blitz ball do. Right? They have a constant. That know, is a massive guy. strike zone. Right. Did you see that 13-year-old chew up Jose, uh, Jose Batista like fucking gum? It was beautiful. Yeah. He threw one, like, now, I don't know how these blitz balls work, Right. But it looks like a rising fastball. Legitimately, it looks like it went up. And it was just a two-seam on the outside corner. And even Jose looked at the kid like, how'd you do that? How'd you, how'd you do that? Tell me how you did that. So, so um, I had, there was hanging breaking balls. What else did I have to talk about? I said it on a text message. I'm going to try to figure it out. Oh, my God. So here was one thing that I saw, just talking college baseball, right? 
I've seen a lot of guys that are in our facility that have potential to play at these, and I'm not saying this to, to bash the school when I say it, but there are some division ones that aren't in the power five that people don't talk about because that's, that's almost just the, like the idea of just like, Hey, think of your favorite burger joint, right? Somebody may say a fast food joint cause they've been there more, but really your favorite burger joint is this, this little steakhouse downtown Livermore, right? Or wherever it is. Right. So Davidson, the university of Davidson in Ohio has not only a top ERA guy, one of the best ERAs on the, I believe he's a starter, could be a closer. But then they also have like a guy who's fifth or sixth in the nation in batting average, right? Also, I think it was either them or, or I was just looking up some random stats. But a lot of these Power Five schools aren't dominating because of how good these schools are, right? Like, you know how hard it is to hit 400 in the SEC when guys are just throwing 96 to 99 with swords and change-ups that don't make sense? Like, good luck, right? Like, that's going to be hard, right? But at UNLV, again, not knocking the competition, but you're not throwing like that guy, right? So for a recruiting thing, right, how do you get guys to realize that there are more things out there? Because we did talk about those four tournaments, Right, there's like four big tournaments, right? You just gotta go play at those and good things tend to happen. Right. But how would you recruit yourself? Right? Because there's other schools out there that obviously it may not work out, but how would you and I and I don't know if that's because brand yourself sounds whack, but it's like how would you help right? You know what I mean? You have to sell yourself. I mean every you have to sell yourself in in every version to get that through. So like talking about as a pitcher, like any just a young man playing the game right now because there are some good guys at our facility that but they just don't know like where do i go I'm like bro you can play d1 in ohio you can play high level d2 at chico state and they're like really i'm like yeah and they're blown away that, that you know i think one of the biggest advantages to write out to what it was before is there are numbers that make sense and the people that know the numbers and you know i hope a lot of the colleges are able to read the rap sort of data and understand what unique pitches are but i mean that's the thing I would do, I would, I would get a, I would make a bullpen highlight showing all my pitches and my spin rates and whatever. I mean, I we will never know because I don't, but I know that I'm a high spin rate guy, especially when I feel hard, for sure. Because I could see my ball now like jump. You know what I mean? Especially when I was going 94, 96. So, you know, being a spin rate guy, even at a low velo uh, in high school, being 86 to 87, I was still quote-unquote, blowing balls by guys, but knowing what I know now, I wasn't blowing by them. They were underneath it because it's different than what everybody else is doing, you know. So being able to show all the different types of pitches that have consistent spin and consistent location, you know, that's like your foot in the door kind of thing, and then mm-hmm. I'm sure coaches want to see it. So, like, I'm putting stuff on Twitter. I'm putting stuff everywhere. Here's my bullpen. Here's my numbers. You know, sign me up. I mean, you guys that don't know it, fastballs over 2,000, curveballs and sliders almost 3,000, cutters over 27, and changeups under 19 are your best numbers. Those are simple numbers. If you don't, if you're not around it every day like we are, then you have no idea what those numbers mean. How many colleges do you think actually use those as metrics that they measure? Honestly, I think they all do, but I don't think they understand how to process like what it does. I haven't got anybody. You know, I. I Tennessee might be the first. Some bad motherfuckers out there. 
they all have different tools, but all of their tools are plus, and you can tell it's data creative for what's going mm. on. I mean, the Friday night guy for Tennessee throws like an 89 mile hour putter that's probably 12 inches, and he just consistently throws it under left handed left handers bats, and they look like they've never even seen the pitch before. Yeah, and then they get it to a three-run lead, and you're in a fucking hole. Right. Speaking of Tennessee, see that first baseman when he slid home and he hit the bench warmers? Beep. Yeah. <laughs> that dude's hilarious. They um, really do. They, so I think that they are one of the most watchable teams in all of baseball. Professional. Yeah. Collegiate, like they're just watchable. Very, very uh, TV friendly. TV friendly. I guess that's what we want. Um, so, what else, man? Like, like, would I like? Let's say, let's say. Seventeen-year-old senior, about to be eighteen, right? And I got some social media accounts. Would you just start using like your social media as the place to just like, hey, here's my bullpen from today? Would you get personal and email these places your YouTube like videos and stuff like that? Because that's what that's what I did. I would email these guys videos and like game as much as I could, right? Just like because yeah, it, I mean, it wasn't. Knowing what I know and the people that we talk to over here, they want to see it in person, right? Right. So, you know, it, it's got to be a plan of doing that, right? Reach out to the school that you're trying to get a hold of and then set up, you know, can you come throw a blast? If you can come throw a bullpen, they're going to invite you to their camp. You're going to have to pay to go to the camp, go to the camp. If they only throw bullpens, find out when you can face batters so you can really show what you do. You know, because you can get lost in the mix of bullpen. Everybody's trying to blow it out. You know, they can label you as a low-effort guy or a high-effort guy non-strike but there's like it's not really the game you know so I, it, you know back, back to that you know i went to yeah that's there. true that's I weird to judge a guy without a batter in there that's I that's so weird i told don't you remember i told you about my high school experience like me up until college i thought bullpens you went like 60 percent. so i would go to these showcases and throw a bullpen and just you know the coaches would be like, I thought you threw like 88. I'm like, yeah, it's open. It's not the game. Like, I thought that's, it was in the game. But that's true. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's just, there's a lot of interpretation that goes into that stuff, you know? And then on the same sense, you got kids throwing 95, 96 in high school, and they're getting overrated to the point where maybe they don't understand, like, what the truth is. And I see that a lot, too. I see that, where There's a lot of kids that don't. You know, they'll throw 19 fastballs in a row. That's a strategy, dude. Yeah. You got to know how to value yourself in this game. You got to see your own value. Oh, like, what are you the best at? I think that's where most people think, you know, my best pitch is my cut. Weird. Right? I'll let you know about it. But I know it's really hard to hit because it's the latest moving pitch of all my pitches, as well as, like, how, where I executed. You know, I mean, in this most recent outing, I was able to locate first pitch cutters all day and just strike one on everybody. And then once you've struck one, everybody thinks it's kind of funny. 
and people think they're stupid. Like, Dude, I was having a conversation with uh, one of our guys because he's facing. So there's some left-handed pitcher that goes to Cal High, the same one that has an undefeated freshman team. LSU recruit, left-handed. Apparently, he's up to like 95. I would love to watch him, but I work on Fridays. Um, I got to go watch him play. Anyways, he he was just talking about him. I was like, have you faced him yet? He was like, no, I'm not as much nervous to face him as I am I'm eager. I was like, well, that's good. And we were just having a conversation about it. And I was like, you know what would probably be great for you? And he was like, what? I was like, you could probably ambush that guy one. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, he's probably got a set plan. He's probably like, if I throw a fastball for a strike, I'm going to throw a breaking ball. If I throw a fastball for a ball, I'm going to throw a fastball again. He was like, you think? I'm like, probably. Like, he's going to go 95. Oh, he missed. I'm going to throw 95 again, right? Then you're going to be like, oh, two fastballs, gear up for a third one. Here comes a breaker. Or here's the fastball. I'm ready for the cheese. I'm 17 years old, right? And then bang, right? Makes sense. So I'm curious to see how that's going to work out. I've got a little game plan for him. Um, but what, what about, I talked about to this one? What about yeah. no swing your first at bat? Dude, I love that. I love no swinging. Yes. It's like aggressive takes. Yes. Especially in high school. Like, I, I just – you can literally wait out most of these kids. Wait a yeah. minute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless, uh, unless the kid, like, you know, like, hey, this dude's coming at you. Like, he's just going to throw right down the dick. <laughs> it's like 90 miles an hour. He's like, here you go. There are some guys that are like that. But for the most part, I don't disagree with you at all. You could probably go up there, Barry Bonds versus Tim Lensingham approach. How are you going to hit him? Not going to swing. Eventually, he's going to throw something back. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I love doing that in the, uh, you know, I, I love doing that when I was playing. Just being like, either G hacking to fall down to swing for his pitch, or just like super aggressive takes. Like, just yes. And then I celebrate two things like that at our facility. Those exact things. I celebrate. Tough hacks, and when guys fall down, love. Yeah, it's just you know, it's it's pretty funny. The game, the more you watch it, and you watch the game, you're around these kids and these people, and you know, I, I see, I don't see anybody like trying to prove things that, you know, that to, to find out if it actually works. Out. It's just like, all right, well, we'll just compete, and I, well, I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? Showing up. I'm going to stand here. I'm just going to throw the ball right down the middle and see how I compete. Like, that's, you know, it, it always just brings me into other things. It's like in college, you go fastball chain up only. And the coach is like, you should be able to win with your fastball. I'm like, he's got a metal bat. What are you talking about? I pitched, I pitched in the Besser area. Like, when it was like, something he's got a wood bat, right? Like, the, he's got a gun. Two and a half times the size a metal bat is to a wood bat on sweet spot. I think it's like something like that. Something. No way. Yeah. yeah. That's dumb. Yeah. It's like two and a half That's times so dumb. on a metal bat than it is a wood bat. That's so whack. Once again, where are all these American hitters that are winning all these PG tournaments, getting all these right. accolades? Where are, right. where are all those guys getting 3,000 hits? Right. Man, here we, that guy probably uh, never swung a little bat. 
Hey, uh, Yankees intentionally walked Miguel Cabrera instead of giving up hit number 3,000. <laughs> Fuck those guys. Montgomery's like, I'm not putting my name That's not, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm going to be out in the fourth today. I think I don't think my name's going off that. George Steinbrenner's ghost What's is like just hovering. The home run, the seventy-third home run. It's like everybody who had the record broken, broken against them, like their names on the record. But, oh, David crazy. Price, Derek Jeter, hit number three thousand. <laughs> Big old bomb too. I don't, I, oh I, yeah, he went three for three off you that day. He went five for five on the day. Eat a dick, David yeah. Price. Dude was definitely ready to get that done. Sorry, yeah. David, you're a great pitcher. You are. Mm-hmm. Super left-handed, though. Just how he moves and everything. That dude is as left-handed as it gets. Right? But they're... Okay, so here's recruiting. Back to 101. Right? Like, that guy goes to Vandy. Right? I can name another guy that guy played with. who played in the big leagues. He's gone. Pedro Alvarez was a pirate for a long time. I think he played for somebody else. I'm sure there's, there's another guy out there. There's a couple guys that were on the most recent College World Series team for Vandy. Right? But... I don't know if those guys were, you know, and I don't know because I'm not in the perfect game circle or the baseball factory, the Under Armour All-American circle, right? But if those guys were in it, what were they doing? Because they're succeeding better than, you know, the other 99%. And you can't tell me it's like that hard because we have baseball academies in other countries that they just kind of, it's kind of do that thing. You've got these families that just, they, they figured stuff out. Uh, oh, what was I, uh, I got a great friend named Mitch in Indiana. He, um, he coaches not for, I want to give him a plug right now, but I can't. Anyways, he's a pitching coach out there. And he just sent me this video that had to do with World War II, right? And these scientists looked at these planes that made it home from World War II. And they said, do you see where it has all the gunshots? That's where we need to put metal sheets there so the, gun, the gunshots don't pierce it. And then this other guy was like, no, 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 no. He goes, those planes made it home. That means they still flied and landed, right? Where were the planes that didn't land, right? Because clearly we need to look at what hit those. Right? And people were like, what are you talking about? But it's just the idea of like, sure, you can look at these really successful people, but like, why aren't these kids working out, right? Like, why are a majority of our perfect game kids not making it to play for the Colorado Rockies, right? Why is that not happening? And I'm going to say Tink Tink is a big number one. You got these D Marini the Goods and these Voodoos and these East. And like, I, I really do believe that. And I use metal bats, but the more that – there's my crazy hat here. Sorry, Internet. But the more that – I watch kids hit with metal bats and then I watch them hit with wood bats and I can see the difference. It's just, it's not even the confidence, the confidence changes. Right. But then, right. Once a kid starts to get comfortable and then they maybe buy a wood bat they like, then they start getting like a little bit like, Oh, I can't hit the ball hard with that. Right. And it's almost like the hitting is contagious idea. Mm-hmm. They, they believe in them. Not only their swing, but their own ability. Like, oh, I don't need to be 200 pounds, hit the ball 90 miles an hour. No, no, no. No, no, no. Just square the fuck up. Square it yeah. up, swing hard. Yeah, I mean, 200 pounds helps, but... You hit the ball. Hey, 
There's a lot still of people still getting hurt that are undersized and regular sized. Right. Sized and right. You know what I mean? Like people. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's 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 a good it's a good one too as well. What uh? What are the um? The we've got bombat. So we've got bombat. That's a wood bat that doesn't break. We've got demarini. Are there any other ones you can think of off the top of your head? There used to be like a bamboo stick or something like that. Someone used to make like a piece of bamboo that didn't yeah. break. Um, that was super hard and hurt your hands. By the way, you don't want hard wood. By the way, you want some. Yeah, a little flexy, a little flexy. That's the uh, the Birdman bats. Those guys are all birch. I think they're all birch. I think. Yeah, they're up by me. They're like they're like an hour and a half away from me. Maybe within that, I think. some swings on video and just typing some shit out. Getting real fundamental. Not really. Okay. Well, this has been great, dude. I love getting here with you and then catching up and putting some stuff out there. Uh, guys, if you have any questions, please DM us and, and we'll put some stuff out. Maybe we should put a poll out and see if we can get some people to uh, provide some feedback. Are you doing live at bats tomorrow? No. No, I'm actually playing golf tomorrow. Ah, we, we, we broke the streak. I don't even know what the streak was at, but uh, next week we were. Yeah, it was, it was a long season. Uh, long snap we're not doing live events. I don't think for the next couple until we get it. There's a couple guys rehabbing on gap years right now that should yeah. be in the next month. I think in May, so we'll probably definitely June for sure. But May, uh, we will uh, probably have one or two in there as well. So we'll see how it goes. Guys, check out those live at bats. Just a lot of yeah, good. If you just... want to watch them? We put them all on YouTube. They're amazing. You can watch them anytime you want. It's um, I'm gonna start merging more uh, vocabulary. It's like watching guys roll jujitsu or spar in boxing. It's just like it's free. Just like what are these guys doing that make them good, or what are they doing that make them get punched in the face? Yeah, I think I keep throwing too, so I can help people like understand that. That it's like. Yes, you should have a fastball at 90, but you do not have to throw at it, like, all the time. You know, you, you – uh, I, I, I talked to this the other day. This made a lot of sense. I was playing sequence at the family. And the way I think about pitching is, like, I have cards. And I don't want to throw the same card out each time. I want to throw a different right. card to the hitter every time I throw a card out. So he has no idea what card is coming. Mm-hmm. So if you can be more random like that, it's just a lot more fun. Yeah, Harder to I do. Like don't get me wrong. Definitely harder to do than just throwing the same pitch over and over, but like that's fun. You shouldn't but you're not chaotic for chaotic. You have like a sequence in mind. You're like you're gonna think it's chaos as a hitter, but you have an art form in your head where it's like, no, 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 there's structure there. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Sure. Well, thank you, brother. You Appreciate you, man. Yep, yep. Let's win a ball game. Podcast coming at you. Whatever number it is, I think twenty-five. I don't even know. We're up there. Downloading and catching up on soon. But we got all the way up to episode, I believe, 10 on the Cutter Nation YouTube channel. So 
we'll be moving stuff all over the place, and then I believe seven on Spotify and Apple Music. So we will finish all of these soon, have them all up everywhere real soon. Yeah, I'm hearing guys at our facility are listening to them, so they're, like, tuning into them. Sweet. Thanks, all right, brother. Appreciate it. Have a good one. You too, buddy. Later.